activated virus defenses. Prepare to download. Hello and welcome to the official podcast for the 27th Annual FIRST Conference, happening June 14th through 19th, 2015 in Berlin, Germany. I'm your host, Martin McKay. And I'm Christian Riley. To find out more information about the conference, please visit www.first.org. And now we join our interview in progress. This time on the show, we're sitting down with Seth Hanford, the manager of the detection and response team at TIAA CREF and chair of the CVSS SIG. Welcome to the show, Seth. Thank you. Great to be here. We spoke to you last year about CVSS v3. At the time, it was was going through um, some some of the design and uh, and discussion points. I, I gather since then, there's there's been a number of changes, and we're uh, reaching that point where it's going to be coming out as uh, as, a, as a full release. Maybe you can give us some information on what's changed since we last spoke. Absolutely. Yeah, we we have uh, changed quite a few things since last year. One of the main bits of feedback that we've heard throughout the development cycle is that people are very interested to have a standard which is easy to understand, uh, easy to apply consistently, and also is supported well with a lot of documentation and examples that support uh, decision-making. So we've primarily been focused on refinements. We've also been doing quite a bit of work with the formula. Um, Once we sort out what it is that we want to uh, call a vulnerability and how we want to classify that vulnerability, then we have to do quite a bit of work with uh, statisticians, mathematicians to make a formula that then reflects uh, what it is that, that we're describing um, appropriately. So that's been the primary changes since last year. So I guess in the background, much like CVSS v2, there's uh, a large mathematical formula that not many people are going to understand. Is that still the case with CVSS v3 or is it become a lot easier to understand the mathematics that are going on behind the scenes? So it, it is the case that there's still a formula behind the specification. It is uh, rather complicated. The intent of the formula is to take the, as the SIG rates vulnerabilities, we had a, a set of vulnerabilities that we were rating, um, and we had subjective severity levels, so the, the low, medium, high, and critical uh, that are associated with CBSS numerical bands. The formula is then essentially reversed engineered from those ratings, right? We take... If we say this set of metrics represents a critical, then it's up to the statisticians to keep us honest and say, okay, you can do that, and here's what the formula would look like to produce those numeric ratings. Uh, So that is still the case. As far as being hard to understand, obviously that's been something that we've heard for a while, uh, and it it certainly is, um, you know, to a point it's a a valid concern. One of the things that we've tried to do to help that, um, like with V2, we've published the formula in the specification documentation. And and we also have an online calculator. It's actually live right now at first.org slash CVSS in the 3.0 section. Uh, There's a calculator and we're publishing that JavaScript for reuse. So we're hoping that by providing some example code and a file that will essentially be able to operate, hopefully as a library for others, they can continue to inspect the code that's very well laid out and also you know, give them a live example of what things should look like uh, in their own uh, efforts to reproduce. 
Now, the, the last updates that, um, that have been posted online regarding CVSS v3 are from December last year, where you put out some, some information on metrics and some, some examples. And I believe the, the online calculator came out at that time as well. Is there any kind of new announcements coming out prior to the, the upcoming first conference? Absolutely. We have ratified the standard. We went to the board uh, this week, and they approved uh, the final specification for v3. We've modularized the spec. We hope to also have a user guide, uh, which will be separate and allow us to update things, I think, a little bit more simply than what was possible with V2. And we also have an examples, an updated examples document. So and I'm very happy to say that, that V3 will be released in time. Uh, it, you know, it is officially you know, the standard at, the, at this time. Um, in addition, you know, since last December, we've done a few things, um, obviously, before we ratified. Early this year, uh, between January and February, we were doing a public um, public preview and uh, public comment period, and received comments and, and made some adjustments and additions to the specification accordingly. And we've also updated the calendar. We found a few uh, little bugs uh, in how the formula was designed, uh, so we've updated that as well. So there are even some more recent recent updates there, and and things are all ready to go. So what are going to be the biggest differences that the end user, that the security professional using CVSS are going to notice? I think there's quite a few, and I'll try to be brief. But the, one of the things that we noticed, we did some research. A colleague of mine, uh, Martin Lee, and I worked on some uh, research early in 2014 and did some statistical analysis of seven years of CVSS v2. And we realized that the guide, the way that V2 was written, did not lend itself to create much of a variety in scoring. 70% of vulnerabilities had only 10 uh, metric strings, right? Essentially the same 10 characteristics for 70% of public vulnerabilities over seven years. Uh, so one of the main differences that you'll see is that we've designed the V3 specification to encourage a variety of scores because we believe that not only is the score, the actual numeric value important, but it's important to have the characteristics captured so that people can tell the difference between two vulnerabilities. I, I think most people in the community would say that it's not true that 70% of vulnerabilities share only 10 scores. So we've tried to make a standard that would promote you know, better, better classification of the actual characteristics of a vulnerability. Another major feature uh, that we've added is this concept of scope. So in V2, everything was scoped to the host operating system. One of the ways that this is most uh, probably publicly understood would be in a virtualization vulnerability or in uh, an application that manages its own credentials. One of the public examples being for Oracle releases, they tag vulnerabilities that allow you to take over, uh, for example, uh, an Oracle database server uh, with a partial, partial, partial uh, confidentiality, integrity, and availability uh, score. But they'll, they'll tag them actually as partial plus and to, to denote that you can completely control the database server, but V2 requires you to scope the impact to the host operating system. So it's not a complete, uh, complete impact to any of those scores. Well, we've added scope, and scope allows you to essentially look at two different systems that provide authorization and say, if you've impacted something that's within uh, an authorization scheme, so you know an application server that has rights and privileges granted or an operating system, you can talk about the vulnerability within that scope. That also lets us address virtualization. So if you have a valid user on a guest operating system 
and they can elevate privileges to the hypervisor or elevate privileges to take control of a peer guest operating system on that virtualization platform, then you can change scope, right? You can talk about a vulnerability coming from one guest and going someplace else. We've done a lot of work there to try to simplify that. It's probably the most complicated portion of the new specification, uh, but we're, we're hearing the feedback that we got from V2 that it was too narrowly defined. And we're hoping that the hard work that we've put in on scope, while it may have a bit of a learning curve, will allow uh, to address the vulnerabilities and the changes in technology that have happened, you know, here in the last, uh, well, to be honest, 10 years uh, since the V2 specification work started. Of course, V2 was released in 2007, but the concepts that went into it stretch all the way back to 2005. So what does this mean for people who are relying and have been relying for, for the previous 10 years on CVSS V2? Is that being depreciated now? Is everyone expected to move over to CVSS v3? And if so, what's the cutoff look like? Is there a handover process where you expect people to use both in advisories or, or in software? Or is this an optional thing for people to use? They can continue to use CVSS v2 if they, they feel that's more appropriate. So the work that FIRST and, and the, the volunteers who make up the SIG have put in, you know, certainly it's our hope that people would move to v3. We think it's going to better support uh, the technology that we have today. There, unfortunately, because of the changes that we've made, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, um, there there isn't a strict backward compatibility. Uh, you can take a V3 score and you can determine what the V2 score might have been, um, but to go from a V2 score to a V3 score, you need additional information that's not captured. So we're being more granular, and it's going to make conversion a, a manual effort. However, we have kept a 0 to 10 rating. Our hope is that as people see scores that fall within the same sorts of uh, scoring bands that they're familiar with and that they're accustomed to, they'll be able to better understand how a V3 score, while it's more detailed, will be something that they're they're comfortable with. So, for example, a 9 in V2 is pretty serious, and a 9 in V3 is also, you know, <laughs> very serious. So, you know, that's our hope for, you know, trying to provide a a layer of, of human compatibility between a V2 and a V3 score. As for a cutoff date or you know a deprecation of the V2 standard, just like when we made a transition from V1 to V2, we're not going to require anybody to provide what scores they have. One of the things that we've done to the metric string is to update it. Uh, so it's now tagged as a CVSS 3.0 metric string with the new characteristics. And that'll allow us to do things like a 3.1 or a 3.2 or a 4.0, and people understand what metrics they're looking at. Uh, so we've tried to you know, lay the groundwork for further improvement. What I would expect is organizations that have a history with V2 and are looking forward to change, especially organizations that have put you know, time in over the last three years to work on V3, are likely going to be moving um, and they'll move to V3. And I think similarly to the V2 transition, uh, it took about six months for most of the vendors, uh, most of the online vulnerability databases to start adopting. Some of them do it side by side. Some do a cutover. Uh, I'm sure many of the vendors will be releasing their own documentation to explain how they choose metrics for platforms that their customers are familiar with in the same you know kind of transition period. We'll slowly start to see a move from widespread V2 to widespread V3 reporting. You're running a, a workshop at the upcoming FIRST conference where you're talking to people about CVSS V3. What kind of things will you be covering? Who should really attend that, that workshop? That's going to be coming up here soon. We've got a 
uh, schedule that's going to include, you know, a brief overview of the specification. I think I've got two and a half or three hours on the schedule, and to cover the spec in detail is going to take a good amount of that time, so I've opted not to do that. It'll be posted, and we'll hope that attendees will, you know, be passing familiarity with it and hopefully have some V2 background as well, primarily aimed at analysts and people who are in, for example, groups that are doing um, either publishing scores or receiving scores, people doing vulnerability management for their organizations, you know, other parties who are just interested in, in how that's going to affect, for example, if they start to receive reports from uh, vulnerability assessments uh, that, that publish scores. And we're going to walk through the process of understanding how to make the metrics decisions. One of the things that we publish is a scoring rubric, so it'll help you to make a decision about which metric value to select. And so we'll spend a little bit of time on that. We're going to spend some time hands-on with vulnerabilities. So I'm going to bring to the table a number of CVEs with uh, some information about them so that everyone has the same, the same sort of detail about the vulnerability from which to make decisions. And, you know, for a lot of vulnerabilities, it, the rating process is tough because some people find, you know, additional details, for example. So we're going to work off the same set of information because that can obviously influence how you score it. Walk through and, and do those examples, give people an opportunity to, you know, use the calculator and come up with their own and talk about, okay, well, I chose this or that, you know, what, why should I or shouldn't I have, you know, pick that value. And then spend some time with some of the other, other features that we're adding in V3. Uh, you know, Chris, I think last year we spoke, we talked about vulnerability chaining, the ability for multiple vulnerabilities to have their own uh, V3 scores and then to look at a progression through those vulnerabilities like you, you often do uh, in real life where the output of one vulnerability allows you to exploit a second vulnerability, third, fourth, and whatnot uh, to chain those vulnerabilities together and four or five low or medium vulnerabilities can have a critical impact. So we're going to work through chaining as well. Uh, we've got some good recent examples of that that, that really highlight um, the capabilities that the V3 specification will offer. And, and obviously it'll be at a time for questions uh, there'll be a number of us from the SIG who will be there in the room uh, while I lead the, uh, the training. And so, you know, it'll be a really great opportunity for anyone who has in-depth questions, much like we've done at the first conferences for the last few years um, to take not just their time with us in the workshop, but uh, my goal has been to be available in those hallway conversations. And uh, I think we'll have a, a SIG birds of a feather and a couple of other opportunities just to talk about the work that we've been doing. And uh, it's, it's been quite a pleasure to meet people and, and to talk with them, even offline, about their concerns or their questions or you know their, uh, their excitement for the standard and to talk about the things that they hope to be able to do with it. Thank you very much for taking the time to, to have a chat with us about this. And, and thank you very much for, for the work you and the SIG have done on, on CVSS v3. Yeah, thank you both very much. It was really exciting. About two weeks ago, I saw my first blog posted where someone took our calculator and, and did a V3 score. And it's, it's, a, it's a real good feeling to see that people are taking an interest and in taking it through its paces uh, even before it's officially released. And I'm looking forward to, to that adoption curve. It's going to be nice. Well, I would suggest anyone who's attending the first conference who has an interest in CVSS v3 to, to pop along to the workshop or to, to have a chat with Seth if he's uh, available on site. So certainly something that's uh, worth considering for your upcoming advisories. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Seth, and we'll uh, see you on site in Berlin. Thank you. Looking forward to it. See you in Berlin. Initiating 
You've been listening to the official podcast for the 27th annual FIRST Conference, June 14th through 19th in Berlin, Germany. To find out more, check out www.first.org. We both hope to see you in Berlin. Thanks for listening.